Hello there, everyone. Welcome to episode 85 of the Play One Podcast. My name is Tyler. I am your host, and I'm joined, of course, by Tyler over here. It's been a while. It's been a few weeks, but I'm happy to see you. Happy to have you back. Doing good? Yeah, I'm I'm glad to be back for the second time now. A uh, little inside baseball here. We're, we're running this intro back twice <laughs> due to de- technical difficulties. But I'm, yeah, I'm still ready to go, still ready to rock. Ready to talk some God of War, because uh, that's, I, I go for the whole spiel, but I haven't played a ton, uh, just some Pokemon, but did be God of War, like, two, it was, like, going on three weeks, something like that. So I've been itching, I've been itching to, like, about the the details of, of the ending and territories, which, again, if the title didn't let you know, this is a spoiler, a spoiler comes, guys. Yeah, we're getting it all like real in-depth spoilers. Uh, it, it's going to be a really interesting episode, getting all our thoughts. If you haven't already, check out my review. It should be up already before this episode goes live. So check that out if you want my see my scores, see what I thought about the game. Uh, and if you don't care about that, you just want the discussion, stick around, listen. It's going to be a great one. Buckle in. Uh, and I will say again, uh, as Tyler said before, we, this is the second time we were doing this intro right here because of technical difficulties. So apologies if there are technical difficulties kind of throughout the episode. Uh, internet right now on my end, it's it's being wonky. It's being a bit wonky, and I fixed it, or at least I thought I fixed it, but we'll see if it sticks around. We'll see if it gets better, gets worse, uh, and we'll go from there. It's going to be a bit of a bumpy one, but this episode should be a great one. Subscribe on podcast services if you haven't already, and on YouTube, and hit the notification bell. Leave a like, leave a five-star review, all that stuff. This episode, it's it's just God of War Ragnarok spoilers, and I'm excited to get into it. I've been wanting to get into this for a very long time, so we're not going to waste any more time. Tyler, how are you feeling? Are you ready to start talking God of War? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dig in. Yeah, so before we get into actual spoilers, we're going to just give brief, top-level, spoiler-free thoughts on what we thought of the game. Uh, for in case anyone for some reason you're here and you haven't beat the game yet but you just want to hear like a thought of the game or like what we thought of it we'll give you a top level spoiler free thoughts right now um and i actually want to let you go first tyler i want you to give your first like top level spoiler free thoughts on what you thought of god of war ragnarok yeah i and i mean like for more in-depth Spoiler free, you can go one episode back and, you know, I talk about that a little bit and know what we've been playing, um, or I would say even a, a decent amount, two episodes ago, but, but like, I was trying to rethink of how I would, how I'd say my overall thoughts in broad level, spoiler free, um, you can argue about like, oh, there's specific details of what is the goal of a sequel, but the real honest, bare bones, stripped down goal of a sequel is to be better than the first game, to be what it been or just better than whatever the pre- uh, predecessor was and i think ragnarok does that on basically every level i don't know um now i'm not it's not like i'm a detractor in the sense that i think the game sucks but i've been vocal and i'll talk about through probably all the thing i don't hold the, uh god of war 2018 in the esteem that it is perfect um and i think this game really like you know establishes that goal uh and highlights just how how much it is an improvement over 2018 and why that game's not perfect. Now, I don't think this game's perfect top level, but it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, without, I, I guess, should 
are we going to hold scores till the very end? Should we give our just top level spoiler free score? I'm letting you because I know you can uh, you know, your, you're, you you've can got a little bit more right of a sense of the structure. So if you wanted to hold that, no, uh, no, you you can give the score ahead right now. Go ahead and do that right now if you want to. Okay. I I I'm gonna go nine five. I think it's close. I I for transparency, I don't usually do like I definitely don't do thousand point scale. Um, I you know I've debated doing like nine point just. Uh, so I go nine and a half to ten. Yeah, I think this isn't getting. I think without spoiling anything, like I have a few story quibbles about um, just like kind of the weird way the story. It's not structural. Actually, it is kind of beat. It's for the most part like the writing. I think. Is a step up. I, I like having a sequel and fitting what probably, from a bird's eye view, could have easily been a trilogy into a singular game. I think is like definitely gets brownie points. It's just such a good game. Does almost everything perfect. But like, if you're not gonna have a ten, and I try not to be, I try not to withhold my tens the way other people do. But at the same time, it does have to mean something, even if it's just to you. Like it has to be flawless to you. And there are just tiniest flaws in it. For me personally, um, so it's a nine five. But if anyone out there has it as a ten, I definitely won't argue this one the way I would argue twenty eighteen. Yeah, you were you're going in and out a bit there, but I caught basically the gist of what you were saying of how the last one you don't hold it up as high regard, but this one like it does so many things really well that, but there are still other issues you have with it that keep it from reaching that level of a 10 that you would give because like you know just tens are like they're rare things they're they're not like you know you, you don't give them out like free candy they're not you know like just 99 cent dollar sales out here um so like it being the nine five for you it makes sense and i i fall on the same way i unlike you i hold 2018 as a 10 i don't think it's a perfect game but it's like i see it as a masterpiece i see it as like near perfection like as close to perfection as you could get for me personally um and this game it falls short of it falls just short of it for story reasons which of course we will get into in this episode full spoilers and everything like that um but for me ragnarok it it doesn't while it doesn't do like so many things that are like brand new it for me refines everything about 2018 or at least majority of everything about 2018 that worked so well it refines those things and makes them even better in this game so it's like 2018 was a 10 this game for me at least from a gameplay perspective from a story perspective and all was already starting off like really high it's like all right you already like i don't want to say peak but you were already like basically peak performance before like how how much better can you get from peak performance and their answer is just we'll make a tweak here make a tweak there we'll throw in a little addition here a little bone there nothing too major because we'll work you know if it's not broke don't fix it and that's kind of like the mentality that it seems like they have with this game and overall it worked out pretty well for them and i really enjoyed it and i think that this game is better than 2018 in many aspects, but I don't know if I'd say 
it's my favorite of the two. If that ends up making sense. Yeah, I get that. You're just so you know, you're cutting it in and out too. So it'll be interesting. I think if you want me to send you my recording, which I don't usually record inside baseball here, but like it may complete, you know, you know what I mean? Like it may be a, a better version for the podcast. Um, just so that way it's like a, a not messed up version on of each of us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I get what you mean. I, this is my own personal, like, I think just quibble with, yeah. Like I think people have a gut feeling, feel a certain way, have heavy nostalgia for it. And because there's no, like objectively, you can't say something is like, there's no real way to quantify that it's better. They just kind of go like, they start using like nebulous concepts of like, what is perfection? What's a 10, blah, blah, blah. Cause like, I just, I don't, I'm not willing to hear arguments that 2018 is better than this. It's just, it's not, <laughs> I think it has more filler. Um, also, I think we should cut like, that was a good, that was a good spoiler free. Some summarization from your end. Cut guys, spoilers. Like yes. we don't give a fuck anymore. If you've seen, <laughs> if you've played, if you haven't played Ragnarok, we are going to talk about story details. Yes. I right think now, this is your, this is your last chance to bow so out to me, five seconds, five, four, three, two, one. We are full spoilers now for God of War Ragnarok. To me, 2018 is like the the horse picture where, but it's like <laughs> the kid drawing is like in the middle and it's like, and it's extended. There's like a long period. Like 2018 hits a point where it becomes fucking fetch quest. It's like, oh, we're just doing this back and forth in the main line story. And it's like, I get, I'll be honest, I think they were trying to hit a runtime for that game. In hindsight, kind of feels like it doesn't respect your time for small, for like a, a good three, four hour portion almost. It's like really like you're delaying the inevitable, which is like the end. This one, I think the criticism that like I read in your review, because you get sent me a rough draft or final draft, but like, you know what I mean? Like before it's posted and yeah. I've seen that same criticism on one of your main criticisms online. And what it feels like is Bragnarok is so all gas, no breaks that when it breaks a little bit, people have an issue with it. And like, but that issue with the pacing isn't a disrespect of time. It's not filler. It is a good core part of the game. Well, exactly. Uh, you play as Atreus in this game. And then, you know, obviously again, spoiler. So like, this is it. So we're just, that's the last kind of level. like, we'll talk, say, Oh, but yeah, you play as Atreus and the gameplay aspects of that, we can't agree. Like you were earlier, you're like there. And I was like, they suck ass. Like they're not, <laughs> they're not good. Yeah. And playing it, as Atreus. It doesn't feel fun to play as Atreus, but yeah. like purely gameplay from a story perspective, I think it's unfair to criticize that section. I just do. I think, mm-hmm. I think getting into Atreus's headspace requires that section. And I think it requires the breathing room that they gave it. Um, exactly. My, and I, I want I want to jump in real quick. Drawing has just a small blip where it's like a kid drew it, um, and I don't know if you want to respond to that before I get into like what that portion would be, but I'll let you, re- especially because with the little bit of lag, it's yeah, like, I want to that that pause and for you to to then rebuttal. No, yeah, I I want to jump in because I I agree the Atreus sections like in my review. I, I hint at it by saying like there are certain sections where the games with story drags and those sections are 100% the Atreus sections of the game. And as you said, it's not because of the story. Like 
there's only there's only one section where the story with the Atreus sections actually drags, and that's the Ironwood section, which many people have criticized as just feeling like it goes on for too long because it's really slow paced, um, which I agree with. I do feel like it goes on a tad long, uh, a tad longer than I would like it to. But even the other Atreus sections, they they all drag, and it's not because of story stuff. The story sections. The story um, that you get from Atreus's sections, it's important. It's all really great stuff. As you said, it's important to get into his headspace throughout the game and really understand what he's thinking, what he's going through emotionally, how he's kind of like perceiving all these events that are happening, how he's trying to alter things and like really play. I, I want to, I don't want to say play God, but like really try and be like, no, like this is what needs to happen in order to, prevent Ragnarok I need to do this in order to save my dad and save everyone and it's interesting seeing that and just being able to see events from the other side of things because when he when we're in these Atreus sections we're in um Jotunheim the home of the giants we're in Asgard where they are working with Thor and Odin and we're seeing like what the Aesir are like and what their um how their dynamic is it is a fascinating peek behind the curtain um, because, you know, when we see, we've been told all these stories about how Thor and Odin are like horrible, no good, very bad people. And then you see them from Atreus's perspective and there's, you see like, you know, the more humanity behind them, the more, the, the more humane side behind these characters. And you see that Odin, he's not like this, this like real malevolent person who's like, oh, who like mustache twirling villain and all like that. He's actually a pretty calm guy and fairly somewhat reasonable but still very manipulative at the same time um but the gameplay behind those atreus sections it's just like i i personally thought it was fine but it's just nowhere near as good as playing as kratos because it's with atreus it's just the bow and arrow and his melee attacks that he has with his arrow and it just doesn't feel as good as the rest of the combat does. And I was so annoyed. Yeah. Well, this is like a bit of annoyance. Cause like when Atreus, when you're playing as him, you know, everyone has a companion. Atreus's companion is this floating sword. And I, when we got the sword, I was thinking, oh shoot, that's going to be his melee weapon. Awesome. This is fantastic. No, it's just a companion, which is totally fine. But I was just like, oh, I would have preferred that as opposed to just the bow and arrow for Atreus. I think... So I think you do have to think, though, like, coming from their angle, they're like, okay, so how do we make Atreus' gameplay? They've already kind of dug themselves the hole of the arrow. Um, and I don't know, maybe in hindsight they changed something, but I think the only real answer if you want to change his gameplay is, like, you got to make him hit puberty and get more swole to, to justify any kind of, or not even necessarily swole, but he's definitely got to get bigger to justify like melee not feeling awkward and weird, maybe even more so than like the bow and arrow, which again I hated, but like just stepping away from it, it's like, man, those parts were not fun from a gameplay perspective, but I was so engrossed in the story and mm -hmm. I didn't have a problem. This is one of those things, someone that likes artsy films, that likes artsy games. I kind of think everyone has ADHD brain when it comes to pacing because I just didn't have a pacing issue with Ironwood, period. Like full stop. I enjoyed it. Like, I didn't think it ran too long from a story perspective. Gameplay-wise, Ironwood didn't focus really on combat, so that wasn't as big an issue. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But 
yeah, it, I think what, like what you touched, touched on, uh, to cut back a little bit, uh, like to me, this is just where it, it dumps on 2018 is it's a game that understands perspective and rights in fully fleshed out perspectives so well, like Odin top level scumbag, but like, enjoyable top level scumbag like he mm-hmm. chews those scenes like he is uh just an absolute schmoozer charmer like but that's you understand why that's compelling especially from someone as naive as uh as atreus or even um what's what's thor's daughter's name i'm, I'm blanking on that Three. but she is uh yeah she's also roped in and then having thor's i forget her the wife's name because again it's been three weeks so give me a little bit of yeah, uh, Siv or Sef? Sif? Sif, Lady Sif. Sif, yeah. Lady Sif. She, I mean, first up, hold up. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> but, okay, Thor. But what you're, are you doing over here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're thinking it's being set up for like, okay, yeah, you know, she's a hot, but she's going to be, you know, just absolutely like evil. And you're like, okay, I kind of dig it. I get where they're going. But, the I think just really smart foresight to like make her actually it just made sense that her interests actually didn't align with Odin's and to write her in a way that's like of course she's not gonna like embrace Atreus but also like she has her own motivation she has her own reasonable like uh wants and desires and that aligns with her family and then when she finally like realizes that like hey atreus and and kratos are not there to come for them that like their intentions are not to burn everything to the ground but to just burn odin himself (laughs) down and even then like atreus having that connection doesn't even want to do that portion um till the very end but uh that at that point that's when sif turns and she's like it's not that she's like oh i'm all of a sudden necessarily on your side but like again all these characters acting in their own self-interest and it's like it respects you as an adult because you're very much like, hey, uh, I'm not a dumbass. Like characters don't just act like convenient plot cut-ins and cutouts. Um, and yeah. yeah, like it just perspective matters. I think perspective is really important and uh, and like well-told stories. And I think this one just a just a masterclass of it in a lot of ways. Right. And I, I want to get back to Odin, but before I do that, I want to say what you were saying about perspective and how perspective matters. I was at I was actually very surprised at how we were doing the alternate dual perspective thing here throughout the game where you're playing as Kratos, then you're playing as Atreus, you play as Kratos, you're playing as Atreus. And because it was something I I figured, or at least I guess I would I wasn't that surprised that we were gonna end up playing as a trace at some point in time in this game. It's yeah. one of those predictions that like you could make, it's a safe prediction, like you know, escalation, sequel type of thing. Like you could expect it to happen, but I don't think I was expecting it to happen as early as it did and as much as it did. And I don't think I was expecting those sections to be as I guess big or prominent as they were in terms of like just building out Atreus's character like I was expecting it's like oh it's just like a brief section where like Kratos is injured or something and like you know you gotta play as Atreus to back him up or whatnot similar to like The Last of Us 1 where you play as Ellie for a brief section of the game I was expecting maybe expecting something like that but not a thing where it's like oh no we are getting it's one whole story here but we're getting two sides to the story to you know to unfully understand each of these characters to understand Atreus's motivations 
in his feelings on everything, to understand Kratos' motivations in his feelings and thoughts and everything. Uh, and I thought it was, I, like I said, you could say it might have been a safe thing, but I feel like it was actually kind of a bold decision to do it as much as they did in this game. And to have those sections be, again, specifically the Atreus sections, be as long as they were. They weren't just like half-hour things. They're like, you know, at least an hour, hour and a half whenever they happen. Um, and it was, it's, it was something that I really, really enjoyed because especially when Atreus isn't there, he's gone. And you have it's just Kratos on his own, whether he's with Freya or someone else, like you're getting the perspective of Kratos and him, I guess, kind of trying to understand why his son would do the things that he did. But he's also trying to be like, I hate that he did this. Why did he do this? He needs to come back. But I actually really care for him. Like, I, I, I'm sorry that like I did that. I've kind of pushed him away and him understanding why he shouldn't have felt the done the things that he did and been as I guess you could say hovering controlling over Atreus as he was um whether it be from Freya talking to him or Ramir talking to him and all like that like it was really fascinating getting those different perspectives and all yeah I think so I the part before I forget I want to clarify I don't think it's safe to do switching perspectives I think if you look at we pull back on a broad timeline, the history of video games here, pulling that switch, um, which I, I have, even though I haven't played M uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, I'm well aware of the classic switch uh, to Raiden as the playable character for, I believe, the entire game. It is not well received. People do not like Metal Gear Solid 2 for that reason. Um, a lot of people don't. Um, other people hold it as a master class. I feel like it's either you like 1, 3, and 5, or you like 2 and 4. I don't know. That, that seems to be the <laughs> overall thought process. Um, let me know if I'm wrong about that, but that was not well-received. Generally speaking, the Arbiter section in Halo 2, not well-received. Um, obviously we know how about how the crying fanboys reacted to Last of Us 2 trying, part two, trying to give us perspective. I mean, right. you talk about something that's not well-received. So I think it's almost the, like, it's risky trying to pull that off. Now, of course, we're all naturally a little more okay with it because it's, it's Atreus and like, we've grown you know it's the father-son dynamic and we've grown a little more fond of him um right but that being said a lot of people rightly think atreus is a little shithead and i mean <laughs> he is but he's like a top sure. tier one like well written as like that's just how some kids are man that's just like they're just you know right leave it alone the second they feel like they're an adult and again, it's like giving atreus his own motives and we understand why he's doing some of the things he does but again it's all about if we get a bird's eye view perspective of everything going on, realize like why if they would just shut up and communicate, everything would work out. But again, that's trying to mirror reality in real life where it doesn't always work out that way. And it's like, that's that's what you want, though. And it, it gives you some perspective as a human of being like, oh, yeah. Um, but I think, you, and you, you know, you talk about Kratos. I think he he genuinely made the transformation from a bad dad in God of War 2018 yes. to a genuinely good one. Not yes. just like, like forget there are, and he's acknowledged this in 2018. I think the good parts of that were about acknowledging that like, you can't, you did that. You can't move on from it. Like, or you can't erase it from you, but you can move on as a person because that's all you really can do. You're not allowed to wallow in self pity forever. Um, but you have to like not do those things anymore. And 
he doesn't not it moves from because people were like oh it's about the dad stuff but i always thought kratos was such a terrible dad in one and he objectively kind of was like he's good at protecting atreus but like as understanding this human right. being that you're raising and connecting on an individual level he's so bad at it right and he like, becomes he genuinely good at it he's willing to learn and change and mm-hmm. establishing communication and like ways that like hey we're gonna like instead of reacting with rage which he never really does towards atreus the whole game like he just genuinely makes an impressive transformation and i think that was like more important than him ever dying you know what i mean like that's more shocking like him dying would have been i think pure shock value and like not pure shock value but it would have been like a thing that everyone felt like we finally need or we want and instead of giving us that thing that we thought we maybe needed instead it's it cares about the character more than it cares about eliciting an audience's reaction. It cares about like what would be the most satisfying ending for Kratos in a non fan servicey way, just that makes sense. I think we got that. Yeah, and like I'm I'm happy that we that Kratos didn't die, and this is something I actually wanted to a big point I wanted to touch on. Like Kratos, his story in this game was amazing. His journey as a character in this in this game itself was spectacular and then when you take his journey as a character as a whole from the first god of war all the way to now it's just it's transformative like it's obviously it's transformative but it's like he's an entirely different person like we all yes yes we knew Kratos had a family before in greece that he cared about his daughter a whole lot and everything like that but we never saw him at we never saw the 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 emotion the care you know that that familial, that parent feeling from Kratos in the past. We just knew that he was like, oh, Calliope, Calliope, I want Calliope. And, but now it's like, no, he has his son. And as you were saying, he was not a good parent in the first game, the first, in 2018. That was all about him understanding he needs to be a good parent, understanding like, all right, this is my son. How can, I, I'm the only parent he has left now. I need to be a father to him. And this game starts off with them both like in such a better place than they were in 2018. Like 2018 ended with them being like, all right, and now we are on the steps to having a father-son relationship, a real one. In 2018, it starts off and like we see the fruits of that. Like Atreus comes into the cave with the with the dead deer and he's like, all right, where are we gonna go now? And Chris, like, all right, we'll go home. And Atreus is like, all right, cool. I'll get the I'll get the wolves ready. And then he steps outside. And then, like, Atreus gets them ready and all. And Kratos literally just puts his arm around his shoulder. He's like, ready to head home? And like, yeah, it's like, all right, let's go. Like, it's like a little thing like that just says so much about how their relationship has changed, how Kratos has changed himself as a parent, and how he sees Atreus. And even when, again, another moment shortly after that, when they get back to their home, and Atreus is putting everything away and stuff. And Kratos was about to do it. And then Atreus is like, oh, no, I got it. I got it, Dad. Don't worry. And Kratos just turns and, like, just gives the smirk. Just that smirk of, like, that's my boy right there. Like, I'm proud of him. It's like, I I love that. Like, right away, I'm like, this is great. And It was a great ending. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was just a phenomenal ending, I would say. Um, that Yeah, right. that smirk was great. I The... The curtain pull of the like backside of that thing was just phenomenal at the very end. Um, seeing what the prophecy said, you know, and then like getting that, like I'm sure they thought maybe it was more of an aha moment, or it was for me, it was just like, oh, that makes sense. But it also 
just hand him destiny, you know, go blow yourself. <laughs> like, like right. you know, it's not real. Like you make your own prophecies or not. They're just, right. you know. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that because, like, you know, it, it was a, a callback to earlier in the game when um, Odin pulls up on Kratos and is like, hey, I just want to talk. And he basically throws in Kratos' face that, like, you're a god, but no one's ever loved you or, like, worshipped you as a god. No one's ever praised you for, like, for being a god. Like, all everyone ever has ever done is feared you. And Kratos knows, like, he's he's been a monster all his life. He's been trying to be better, trying to atone for, those, for all the wrongdoings he's done in the past and then to see at the end this prophecy that like prophecy something that he has been refuting all game long trying to avert trying to sub um subvert and just like be like no we don't follow destiny we make our own decisions we make our own fate and then you you see the last giant um prophecy uh be revealed and we see that it's kratos being worshipped as a god being worshipped by the people of the Norse realms for the things that he's done and everything and that that moment he sees it and then just has this emotional breakdown of sorts the the most Kratos type of emotional breakdown he could possibly have of just like shock and just relief that wow like I I can change I have changed I will continue to change and be someone that people positively look up to and worship. It's It was such a great moment right there that I feel helps close the book on his character in a way where it's like, his story is done. On top of the fact that now at this point in the game, Atreus, sorry for the sirens are mine and not yours. Um, at this point, Atreus and Kratos, they both reconciled and Atreus is like, I have to go on my own to go find the giants. And like, I, I want you to come with me, but you can't come with me. I need to do this by myself. And that line that Kratos says where he, like he's holding back tears and I think some come down, but he's choking up and he just says, Loki goes, but Atreus stays. And then they have that, that father son hung right there. I, I just love that moment. It damn near brought me to tears watching it happen. Uh, Cause I was just like, oh my God, just watching your son, watching your child go off like this like you know after you've prepared them for the world and all like that it's it's so heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time so that moment directly followed up by Kratos seeing the vision of the future I feel like it's just such a great closing of the book on Kratos's story and his journey not not even necessarily just for the Ragnarok Norse like Norse saga but I think as a character as a whole like I really don't think we need to get more of Kratos after this We'll touch we'll touch on that a bit more later on at the end of this whole discussion, like where the thing where the series will go forward. But I think that's like a nice closing of the book on his of, of his story right there. Yeah, I I don't think I ever. I mean, I definitely didn't cry or get on the verge of tears. But yeah, there's definitely some moments. <laughs> You're heartless. I listen, man. It's gonna take more than that for me to cry. Um, <laughs> Especially because, like, I don't know. I thought that line was a little cheesy. The way, like, I think Judge had a good deliverance, but like, it was kind of, kind of horny. Um, there was a good line about like love and like what is love or persist persistence sort of. I should have written it down, and I knew it was like I was like, man, that was probably like my line of the the game right there. Um, but yeah, like, I think this. I think to your end point there, 
it does perfectly wrap up Kratos, which is why Sony, can you leave it alone? Because <laughs> um, you got to think Barlog, you got to think most of the people like higher ups that genuinely like probably cared about and had an impact in Kratos' story up till now probably don't want the series to continue. Um, and I'll just say it. We talked about it pre-show. You were like, oh, well, maybe if the series goes on as a new protagonist, I don't want that. Like, I I genuinely like Kratos now. I don't yeah. want some random, you know, guy or, or girl. I just like, no, if it's not Kratos, it's not God of War. And I felt that way even as I ruminated over the possibility of Atreus being the the main the protagonist. I don't want an Atreus game, aside from the fact that I don't necessarily love the skill set uh, and the <laughs> playset. Even if they tailored that, like I think Kratos is such a good template for a character and how he's been turned around. I think the story is compelling and interesting. Um, and if they go and they proceed, I think you have to keep the lessons he's learned. To be fair, they don't really explain the universe hopping in um, 2018 mm. either. So I guess if he shows up in Egypt and like we just have to figure out how it happened. But like as long as he's not like a murderous rampage, I would accept it. But it would be like you've got questions to answer questions that I don't know if they'll answer. Well, it's hard to say, but because yeah. um, like. Their plot was so intricate, I think they dropped the ball a bit even in this one. Okay. You in Which, regards to like answering universe related questions? I so my big I don't know. I was like, should I get to my big pain point in the story right before? Because I know our recording's about to cut and then we gotta redo it. Um for me, it is the uh damn it, what's his name? The giant tier. It's the tier swap with Odin. I just mm. from a logistical level, I'm like, I don't buy it. Like, I don't think I think they wrote that in wrote everything around it and at the very end they realized how stupid it was and we're like <laughs> can't undo this anymore like we're we're too deep and it was just like fuck it let's go let's ride this is what happens and it was just like it's the one moment where i stood and i was like no like you don't respect your audience in this moment and it was interesting because i talked about hey did you see that clip where uh one of the game one of the game directors or i forget i apologize i forget his name but Eric he was Williams. talking uh, he was doing a spoiler cast with the kind of funny crew, and he talked about Corey Barlog telling him they had their three things, and one of them was being Brock died. And I don't have a problem with Brock dying. Love Brock, but like I get it. Like you needed an emotional beat in a story, but it feels like they were very decided on how that was going to happen. That they didn't, and that they wanted tear, but they wanted it to be different. Like I get what they were going for, but I think. It just it jumped a lot of logic hurdles for me for it to be like it was just tear the whole it was Odin the whole time it just was a little too like we really fucking do it like I was just like ah <laughs> like I, it was one of those moments where I was like in hindsight I was like I can't give it a ten for that alone man like I'm sorry <laughs> no there's got to be a standpoint here it's just like I mean I love Breath of Wild it's my goat but I've told you before I like how it's just like story doesn't matter like if you're gonna do that do that but when your game is like around the story having this giant pinpoint for me that's just like again that's the portion of the horse that's like 
there's this little sliver and it's just the ugliest, <laughs> most hideous kid drawing ever with this beautifully detailed horse wow. all around it. And it's like, you ruined the picture. You ruined the painting. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I was not expecting that to be the yeah, moment right Yeah, that's there it. That's my pay- my story pain point. I have to ask then, what did you think? Because clearly there, you probably had a moment in the game where you're like, oh, that's going to be what it was. What did you think my story pain point would be? I mean, I... I think it was probably some of the, I think it was the Atreus stuff, but I'm trying to like think about all the events in the game that happened, right? And I think it, it was probably, I think it would have been the Atreus sections as a whole, maybe similar to me, um, just because again, gameplay aspect of them, not story stuff, but the gameplay side of things. I wasn't, I definitely wasn't thinking it was the the big tier reveal and all like that, uh, which when it happened for me, I was, of course, surprised, shocked by it, but like, oh, wait, hold on, what now? <laughs> huh? Um, because of how sudden that shift seemed, where like tears, like, all right, we got the we got the horn. All right, we're doing this now. We're going now and everything. The only and- good thing I'll say about it is that I do like that it paints Brock in a light in a great lighting, even at the very end. His intuition, it not passing the sniff test for him. Great. R.I.P. Brock legend going down um but right yeah like i don't know i i'm guessing you didn't have an issue with it then but it was so rushed that i feel like even the way they kind of like let's not think about that for too long i think that alone tells you that the writers and everybody involved with it knew like yeah like we didn't we didn't really want to have to explain it because we didn't know how we were going to explain it like i get that it's like oh it was just odin but i feel like without scrubbing through, and I haven't meticulously scrubbed through, I just feel like there are parts where it doesn't line up or match well enough. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess whatever, if you're going to be like, he's a God, he can project in two places with his consciousness and two places at once. That's bullshit hand-waving. Like, come on, man. Like, that's, I'm not, like, that's dumb to me. Like, don't center your story in such an important part around that kind of, like, hand-wavy Marvel blockbuster-ass logic. Like, you are a smart blockbuster. You are so... <laughs> like, we talked about this being a game about perspective. And, like, the real thing is, you could have just not had that moment if you weren't hung up on the Brock thing happening, right? Which is where I think sometimes writing in those specific moments can be to your detriment. And I know that's generally how, like, the writing process will work for a lot of people. But sometimes I think you got to reevaluate, like, is this idea dumb? I think you might have been there with Brock. You should have given him a different way to die. Like, I'm, I'm okay with wanting that emotional beat. But, like, yeah. maybe it's not with the double reveal that we all rush past. You see, I I, I feel I liked it. I liked the moment. And, but I, I can understand why some and why you might feel like it was a rushed out of nowhere thing that felt like it happened just to happen. Not Brock's death, but, again, yeah, the, yeah. the tear I, reveal and the way that that happened and all. I can understand that. Because it is one of those things where it's like, in the story, Odin's been keeping up the, up the facade for so long, and he's clearly like a master manipulator, that it's like, really, this is, this is the moment you slip up? <laughs> this is the moment you slip up with your facade after you've been keeping it going so well for so long? Like, I can, I can buy that. It was like, it seems like it's a bit too convenient of a moment to have that happen, as opposed to like, all right, yeah, like, Maybe like, all right, well, now let's go do this and keep up the facade until Ragnarok is happening. And then he's like, oh, wait, by the way, I'm not who you thought I was. And then kills them like as they're doing as Ragnarok is as beginning. 
I feel like that I feel like you maybe you would have appreciated that more or thought that that was a better way to do that type of reveal as opposed to, hey, we need all this to happen at this point in time because we need a, we need a major emotional beat right before the climax of the story. Um, which I, again, I see what you're saying. I enjoyed the way it worked out though um, because it just really adds on to um, the, it adds on to the relationship between Brock and Sindri and it really builds on Sindri's character who I feel like is the unsung like goat of this game in so many ways. Like he- He's very good, I, yes. I He was like him and his brother in the first game were just like, comic relief in a sense whereas in this game they are still comic relief but there's more to them than just that like we see that there is an actual character behind the short elf that that curses and the short elf that is really germaphobic and all like that um and like Sindri and how he is how he is the Mimir to Atreus uh when Mimir is not there and how he's trying to help Atreus you know, work through these, work through his, you know, his search for identity and who he is and all like that, finding his place in the world and trying to be like, hey, like, this isn't the best thing for you to do. Like, are you sure that like trying to get these answers, are you sure that going to Freya for help is the right thing to do right now? Are you sure that like searching for maybe going to Asgard is the best thing to do given all that you know that they have done to us? Like, it's not the best thing. And I, it's seeing... I feel like that word, that moment when Brock dies works so well in the moment for Sindri is because like when, with Sindri's whole story and their relationship in hindsight of the two of them hating each other in the first game, but they're coming back together. And then we have this game and they're, you know, they're working together real well. And Sindri is just, you know, he's giving so much to Atreus and Kratos and everyone. He's helping Atreus. He's giving time out of his life, you know, and being like real secretive, trying to help Atreus find out these things. He's letting he's letting them more in them into his home and all like that. He's um, you know, he reveals a secret that hey, my brother actually died a long time ago, but I brought him back to life. Did it do it perfectly, but I brought him back to life. And he can't know, he doesn't want him to know about it and all like that. And then just to have all that ripped away bit by bit, just his his trust that he had in Atreus gets ripped away by, by Atreus betraying him and well, quote unquote betraying him and accidentally attacking him and all the trust gets taken away. He loses that, that trust of the safety and security of his home and the secrets that he has given to Kratos in the mall. And then the, the final definitive loss of his brother where like, this can't be fixed right now. Like he's not, he doesn't have his whole soul. His brother knows that his brother found that out and everything. Although he didn't want him to find it out. And now his brother's dead and not just dead. Like he can't even go to the afterlife at all. Like having all that ripped away and having Sindri's, I guess you could say the wall that Sindri had built up for his character and for his person, his being having it brief had like bit by bit crumbled and picked that and just like torn down to the Sindri we get at the end where he's just like get the fuck out of my face I hate you all like I hate you all even if you did not even if you didn't yourself stick the blade in my brother and destroy my whole fucking world 
you still destroyed my world. You play a part in it, and I hate you all. Burn in hell. Get the fuck away from me. And, like, I was just like, damn. I, I felt so bad for him, but I was like, he's not totally wrong. He, he's really not all that wrong. And, like, yeah, but... the way things shook out for him. Which, like, I, I per, again, perspective. I saw his perspective in everything which, yeah. because of how well written it was. So at the end, when he comes in, and it's just like, yeah, ain't no more dwarves dying for this shit. Like, like I'm, I'm here. I'm gonna help clean up the giants' problems because you all can't do shit right. You all got my brother killed. You all took everything from me. I'm gonna take care of this. Oh, you're gonna put Odin in a fucking giant marble? No, we're not gonna do that. He's going to die. I'm gonna fucking destroy you. That thing. His soul's in it. Now his soul is gone. It's done. It is what it is. Yeah, my brother didn't get to have a soul. Odin, certain sure shit is not going to. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Uh, yeah, I don't get me wrong. I really love Sindri. I I don't know who I would have as the unsung goat of it. Like he'd definitely be in the conversation. Um, but there's, I mean, yeah, there just really was so many well-written characters. It's like Freya's whole arc is phenomenal. We really oh haven't talked God, about that, yes. but it's because it is. I I don't want to say sidelined, but like it feels like we get over it and get on to bigger things, which ultimately their beef should have been squashed, but like. I like like, but it's also it's handled so well. It's not necessarily brushed aside. Like I love when uh, Kratos just like admits that like, hey, I don't regret doing that. Like I hated your son. <laughs> your son sucked. But also right. like, I do regret not giving you the choice of your own life. Like I took exactly. that agency away from you, and I promise I'll never do it again. Exactly. And it's it's such a good moment. Um, and she's phenomenal. And like you know. Kratos and a, uh, are Kratos and Freya gonna be a thing? Are they gonna be the ones that are ruling <laughs> the realms together? Like I don't know. I think it's crazy that they rebounded the relationship in a way that it felt realistic at the end. That was mm -hmm. kind of wild. Um, right, and it's like you know, I actually I enjoyed having Freya along with us for the ride because one, like you said, she's such a great character, such a fascinating character, but also we've never had like an adult on the same level of Kratos with him along for a journey doing anything so it was so great be seeing him be able to like talk with someone that's on the same level as him the same level of understanding of wisdom of strength just yeah. being able to be like hey just just talking shooting the shit sharing wisdom with each other counseling one another on their different issues and everything and Yo, that was so great and everything the, my favorite my favorite line of like throwaway dialogue was whenever they're like uh i don't i I would assume you got this one. I don't know. I don't think it was side quest related, but when they're talking about like, I think when Mira's talking about Haggis and missing all that, and she's like, they're like reminiscing over like very hearty, like winter laden like foods. And they ask Kratos if he misses any like comfort foods. And all he says is like olives. And I was like, I remember that. <laughs> I was like, that's such a great comedic line out of Kratos of all people. But it's like also, I, it also makes sense because, like, of course, A, in Greece, the, you know, like, the treats were different for sure, and you're not thinking hearty stuff, but also, like, I mean, he's jacked. He's probably not out there eating, like, all, like, you know, like, sweets and whatnot, but, like, the man loves olives. That that tracks. That makes sense. <laughs> um, and also, like, living somewhere cold, not being as used to it, I can relate to that, too. Like, i starting to realize, like, man, I've been in the heat my whole life, so... A, a layer to relate to Kratos and it's just like pining for somewhere that you're not anymore or whatever. But like, 
I don't know. I I found myself very pro Kratos after this uh, after this game. Like, cannot emphasize enough how much I genuinely love his character now. And in a way that I was exactly. more like, I liked how they how they addressed everything that came before 2018 in 2018. But I was not like remarkably pro Kratos after 2018. Whereas now I'm like, that's my fucking guy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like I this love Kratos is, now. Like this is the dude. This is the man right yeah. here. Like no one emotional maturity now. Yeah. Right. Like I, I feel like Kratos could arguably be one of the best characters. One of the best game, one of the best gaming characters of the past like decade, I would say. Yeah. And Sony's it's funny because I, I made a video pre-God of War Ragnarok about God of War. Um and kind of like series or a little bit. And Someone like came in the comments saying Kratos was because like I make a statement like you could argue Kratos has been the face of play of PlayStation for the past decade plus and someone was like oh he's definitely not and I'm like you're smoking you're smoking something buddy because absolutely he has been marketed as such like are you can like yeah they cycle in Nathan Drake but like Kratos has kind of persevered even though he doesn't really deserve to you know what I mean like. But he's mm-hmm. just so iconic with the red and white. Like, uh, you know, he just stands out in a way that like a lot of Sony having these more realistic looking protagonists don't. Um, but like now that being the face of of Sony, I feel like feels so justified. It feels like a, just such a nice ribbon that if like you've been here for the whole ride, you're like, hell yeah. Right. Um, real quick, I want to talk about some of the side quests in this game. Because the side quests of Ragnarok, they're they're at they're really solid. They're really great, and yeah, we we I, kind of we kind of talked about one last week, I think, or the last, either last week or the week before. I forget which yeah, one exactly not, it was. Not yeah. the Game Awards episode, but the episode we were giving our impressions on the game. We kind of touched on one, uh, and it was when you were talking about the boss fight against the two the two like lizard type things when you're about to get to the boat and then you have to fight them. That boss fight comes after a side quest that you do for Freya. You do it with her where you're basically helping her try to get rid of like the past, uh, any any leftover objects or belongings or memories of her marriage to Odin from, you know, back in the day and everything. And like that whole side quest was really good because again, it just, you, it allows you to just have this conversation, this ongoing conversation with Freya and it gets you this better understanding of what she went through, what Mir kind of unfortunately put her through and why she is so hellbent on just like getting revenge against, um, against Odin. Odin. Yeah. And like the way that that ends where like she has, what was it? It was a sword and she wanted to destroy the sword, but she couldn't, she just couldn't destroy the sword. Not because she didn't want to, but because she's physically not able to. And she's like, even after all this, there's still Odin still has something to hold over me here. Um, but she, and then she, like she managed, I forgot, I think what she's like, she, it, I think Kratos says something like, move on essentially, like, hey, like it's it's okay, like you know, we're still able to move past or something like that. I forgot exactly what he said, but just like, the way that side quest wrapped up was so good. The Mimir side quests in Svinsheim. Like phenomenal such highlights of that game of the game just understanding like wow we've actually we've heard so much from mayor in both games but like never really got to see or understand like how bad he feels for the things that he's done 
as like counsel, as like the as the counselor for Odin back in the day. So doing these those side quests in Svartalheim, where you're getting rid of the the smokestacks or whatever they would call like the the furnaces is what I'm going to call them for simplicity's sake, or helping the creature, like freeing that creature that was in the water, and then like you free it, but it doesn't want to go anywhere. He's just like, go go, I'm trying to free, help you. And Kratos is like, I mean, sometimes after you after something's been chained down and subjected for years like they just become used to it like they they don't want to go anymore and Mimir just feels so terrible he's just like but I tried I'm trying here and Kratos is like sometimes like no matter how hard you try like sometimes like you can't fully make up for things you can't fully atone but you're trying to and that's what matters yeah great great side quest um I think yeah they just those are the two ones off the dome that were really like I'm thinking that were really kind of meaty and like uh, rewarding. Um, I feel like I did a couple others, but they weren't quite you know to the same level. Um, I tried doing it, but I was like having an issue finding a way around. Uh, towards the end, when that one guy, uh, one of Freya's brothers, he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah on that the boat that takes you to the crater." Yeah, I went to the area, and it was like trying to close the gap and get across like at a certain point, like I did some of the side stuff around there even and like cleared everything out. And and I was just like, how do I get across where to like, and I was like, you know what? At this point, fuck it. I'm going back. <laughs> like I, I, I've been here for like an hour and a half, man. I've been clearing stuff out. I did like a whole thing and it was just like, it was like, Oh, this is all fine. It's fun. You know, cause you're Kratos good gameplay section, like not bad, but I was just kind of like, all right, I'm tired of this now. I'm not, I'm not getting it. And I was, it's just one of those moments where I was like, I don't really want to YouTube it and look it up. And then just like, yeah. I'll just, just go play the main line. Yeah. I wanted to do that quest. I'm going to go back to it. But uh, the only reason I didn't, I didn't really do much in the crater area. Uh, but that was because at that point I was like, all right, I'm trying to finish the game. I need to finish the game so I can start working on the review and everything. And I knew I was like, this is a dense area. Like I'm going to be here for hours. So I'm trying to do it is very dense. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I'll come back to it. Uh, but I do want to do that quest. And like even those characters, like in Vanaheim, like those side characters, I was just like, yo, like light out the like, yo, the elves, y'all are dope people here. The the traveler, that guy who you're trying to save and everything, like, like, yo, man, he said, All right, I'm gonna jump off and just attack these creatures and just fall, like fight them in the air. Like, you're the goat for that. And then Freya's brother is also surprisingly, I thought he was gonna be like a bit of a douche, but he ended up not being. He was like, Oh, like you're actually like a pretty cool character. Like yeah. maybe you're a bit of a douche, but like you're a lovable one. <laughs> I can't I can't hold that against you. Yeah, and then the I forget her name, but the female blacksmith that was getting along with Brock. Oh, Lunda, I think Lunda or Lunder, yeah, something like that. Yeah, she's she's cool too. I like I liked all those characters. Um it, it was it was also funny how her and Brock, you would assume it'd be more of a horny dynamic, but this game surprisingly unhorny. <laughs> like well, they, well, did you they I don't have know. moments where they could and you're like you feel the tension, but never goes into horny territory. <laughs> well, did you hear the line? It's when you go back to Vanaheim with Atreus, you're going to um, find Skull and Hati and everything. And mm -hmm. there's a part where you're climbing around, and uh, I Lunda comes up in some way, shape, or form, right? And uh, Kratos is like, who, who was it? What was it that said? Oh, I Kratos think... and Mimir are talking about it. Yeah, we're yeah, just, and Mimir like... is like, yeah, she's she's a bit um friendly and everything like that. And Kratos, and Kratos is like, what does that mean? And Kratos no, is like, well, don't, 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 don't. Kratos, 
so and then Kratos later on when he's with Tritreus says to like stay away from her or whatever but then Mimir is like yeah she's he's too young for her like she's got right, ethics right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that line I thought that was like a funny line right there was just like, yeah ah of course of course that would come up because you do have the Atreus and what's her name tension you know oh, yeah, which is like and all yeah uh I forget her name though like um Oh What's no, Angerboda, Angerboda. That's Angerbona. Yes. Yeah, she like that. That's a great tension, but it's like it makes sense because you know Atreus, while obviously going through puberty, is also like awkward. He's never really talked to girls before, so it's like <laughs> it is just like it's a little cringy, but not in the like in a realistic way, not in the like oh haha. It's like in that like ah, we've all been fourteen before fifteen, you know. And it's just like very very well written, but like in the worst way where you're just like, ah. Right. Uh, and, and like, even with them, like I never had like a romantic type of tension dynamic from them. It was more like a, like you said, like the awkward, oh man, Atreus, this is my Atreus's first time. intention was a hundred percent, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, well, we yeah, don't know if it's yeah. necessarily like, I like that the game leaves it a little ambiguous. There's, is she just, is she nervous? Cause just because of the prophecy, is she also like, you know, uh, also basically have those feelings somewhat towards him, obviously not towards his level. Cause he's like peak teenage horn. Like Atreus is like about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, I didn't think he was fully about it, but like, they're definitely, you could definitely tell that Atreus is into her. Atreus is into her, not just as a friend, I think he's but fully like about it, man. I, I don't think he was out there. Cause we've got to like... weigh it on the non horny scale of the God of war universe. Right. Or of the, of the Northern, the, cause obviously Greece is, you know, busting out. That's a whole different, <laughs> that's a whole different scale. But for the Northern one, we've got pretty low horny standards. I would say Atreus had probably the singular most horny intentions of any character in the whole game. I don't think it's close. Like he's very clearly like trying to bring himself back up. Like why is he over here? Like, oh, we can be together because he's 14. And he's just like, this is the <laughs> only girl that's ever looked at me like this at all. Like I, I, something's got to happen. She, he's like, you're a giant. I'm a giant. We should, we, we should work on repopulating the giants. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> Let's go repopulate. You know, you know, uh, Johanheim's looking kind of empty. There's many places we could repopulate around here. You know, your, your grandmother's, uh, your grandmother's kitchen, you know, she, she might be an issue, but no problem no problem we can work around that oh man no yeah that the, the side quests were great and all um there's i i like the one where you are you're on the lake of the night you go kill all the raiders because the wolves are scared of them and then afterwards like kratos he goes and actually just like pets the wolves and everything it's just like it's a oh i love that yeah. it's like such a great thing it's like oh man you're so good right now like those little things added to just building up each of the characters in the game and just like making them more fully formed, more fully fleshed out, really just making them some awesome people. Um, Thor and Odin, real, I, I do want to get back to Odin real quick and Thor. Odin, like you were saying, massive manipulator. I really, really dug his character and the way he was performed in this uh, and like his pursuit for knowledge. Like that was his, what's the word? His, I guess... I, there's a phrase of the motivation yeah not motivation there's another word i'm looking for but basically like his sin his greatest sin right there like his is that uh, what is it but it's not a sin it's because at the end of the day he's like he's bored of life in a yeah. sense like that's that's the thing like his his pursuit of knowledge and knowing everything is his achilles heel i guess i was about to say, say. Achilles that's, heel. that's the thing that like really makes him 
the the villain, I guess so you say the antagonist, the evil, the quote unquote evil person that we see him to be, at least in the current day and age, um, or maybe even in the past, because you know what? He he was married to Freya to what not just bring peace between those two realms, but also because he wanted knowledge of Vanir magic and everything yeah, like that. Like, he I, it's like when you're just tired of of winning, you're just like trying to find new ways to dunk on everyone else. That's just like where he's at. But like that's kind of the whole point with like mythological gods. You like uh, it's boring if they're just perfect. Um, yeah, which is you know Kratos is Achilles' heel which is interesting because it's gone now, but was always his desire for vengeance is always, always his desire for revenge, never being able to take the L and like let things just go. And that's, that's gone now. Like we saw that at the end when he had a chance to like, I'm back to the old me. He, he rejected it. Like he's truly a different person. And so it's like, it's interesting now because he is a God, but he doesn't want to use his powers for anything nefarious or bad or any bad intentions um right and you know he doesn't have that achilles heel so it it makes him to me more to me more of an interesting character but not as maybe not as tragic anymore not as like oh if he couldn't stop tripping over himself you know right and And thor is tragic by by comparison thor very exactly like thor is i feel like there's an interesting parallel between thor and kratos right there yeah i i think it's a good contrast a good dynamic I also thought it was interesting that like Thor's always been played obviously as he likes to drink, but like that they full went full blown that he's an alcoholic and working on not being an alcoholic was definitely an interesting angle. Um, right. And like, he's just so unhappy with his life. Like he's, he's, he, he is basically, he's Odin's hitman in a sense, but like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily want to be, but he feels like he has to be in order to just, you know, like just to, to keep on living and keep on getting by in life and everything like that. And he's so, he's bought so much into that idea that he doesn't even see how his father is ruining his life and ruining his relationships and everything like that. He's just so all in on, I'm the hitman. Like I'm the hitman, and this is what I got to do, you know, like, cause I enjoy killing people. Like I enjoy killing people because I have to. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, you know, like there are moments where, yeah, he just like enjoys the death of others, which, you know, I think objectively <laughs> probably makes him not a great person. But like, he, again, just the perspective of always trying to write motivations, write actions that make sense for the character. The game never really steps out of that line of thinking when it makes sense that he's actually like, well, you over here now now making a lot of sense and justifying it. And I'm not always the smartest person. So maybe I should listen to her. And then of course, that's the moment where Odin's like, well, if you're not going to just do what I say, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, yeah, you're dead. Like, you're dead now. Um, Cause like Thor may not be the best person, but he's not actually a villain. He's just, he's the point and shoot gun, you know, just like, ah, go kill that person for me. And it's like, he's strong. He's, there's power levels to this, and he's like he's mm-hmm. near the top, man. He's <laughs> as powerful as it comes. Um, they're like him bringing Kratos back from the dead moments, wild early on in the game. I was gonna, all right. I I'm was not gonna, done with you yet. That was that was crazy, man. Yes, that was. I was gonna ask like before we wrapped up, like some of our favorite moments. That right there, it was, was sick. Like I'm sitting there fighting him, you know, and then he knocked me down. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I fucked up. Oh no no no! 
I'm not done with you. <laughs> I say when you die. It's like, what? You killed me and brought me back to kill me again. I yeah, love it. it's it's a relatively restrained, like big big budget blockbuster. I would say it's there's not a lot of uh like for I think the best, there's not a lot of like, oh, corny get hype moments that belong in a Marvel movie or for, you know, like Dragon Ball Z. Like again, there's levels to this. Uh, and it's but like that's definitely one of the moments but it's like it feels earned it feels, it feels <laughs> sick. it's like trying to establish like yeah thor can thor can probably he could kill odin if he had wanted to like these nobody can really stop him he's the only one getting in his own way here right like it, it really establishes like we already knew thor was a threat beforehand like when he first shows up and everything you know he's a threat the way he just when odin says make it quick he's like all right finally about time snaps just tosses it just like oh okay it's, it's going down going right? Flying. right like it's going down like okay like we already knew he was a threat but that moment right there when he brings you back to life to beat your ass some more it's just like oh you yeah, are this time, dude you know it's like clearly trying to not reference but like it feels like the mirror version of the balder fight early on in one yeah um but this one feels not more earned but like the powers feel more justified because I feel like you're looking at Balder and just being like, well, this is bullshit that he's this powerful. Like, come on. <laughs> Whereas Thor, you're like, yeah, we're lucky we got out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we got out with that fight shot what it did because who knows how that was going to end. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, question for you. What did you think was inside that, like, the, the realm tear that Odin was trying to look into? Because I, for me personally, I feel like that right there was hinting at like i guess you could say reaching other realms or universes or not not necessarily universes but like different mythologies i'll say like different mythologies um as like just like a window into their world i feel like that's what it was kind of hinting at but i don't know like what do you maybe think? i i mean if i'm being honest i think it's kind of just a MacGuffin. like i don't yeah. know if they i don't think they necessarily have an answer it's yeah. just like we need like as well written as Odin is. I mean, you can definitely take like an approach of like, well, his motivations kind of sucked in comparison to how good some other people's were. His was just like, I'm looking for knowledge and this mask magically has it. But like <laughs> realistically, yeah, that would probably make if you're going to go like fan theory levels like, yeah, that would probably make the most sense is like whatever Kratos did to hop universes. We assume this is tied to it. Um, yeah. And maybe it's more that sense of like, they're not actually gods, despite what they think. Maybe they're essentially like our version of superheroes, uh, like, you know, the same way like we myth uh, mythologize them. And like, there is no God, but like there's, there is, you know, infinite universes essentially. And it's like, that puts in perspective, maybe the way he thinks that he's like so high up the rung, but he's actually not. I don't yeah. know. I like obviously it's that tragic thing of or you know quote unquote tragic but like you said the Achilles heel where like there's probably no good answer for him there like there really wasn't like what right. a dumbass but like, also he would, he would look inside bored, it, man right like, he would look inside it and get answers and then have more questions and then go looking for answers to those questions like his pursuit for knowledge was, is never ending and that just was always going to be his downfall uh, I I do think just like on a quick mm -hmm. note I think it's interesting. Of course, Odin has a lack of empathy. Of course, he doesn't care about people's lives and value it, even his own son and uh, pretty much anyone's. 
because he's been around the block, he's seen things a million times, but I also think that goes to and he, like, he's so powerful, but I also think that goes to show that like Kratos intent was never to be an awful human. Cause he never sought power. All he ever sought was vengeance. He didn't. So like, he's never really lost that sense of empathy. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that like vengeance has always blinded him from empathy. He's always had a reason to yes. not care about others, but like, I don't think his default setting was ever to seek power and to eventually view people as like just usable, disposable, uh, like meat puppets. Whereas that is clearly Odin's thing. He does. He only cares about himself. Right. Right. And the contrast of those two gods, you know, their their conversations are so good. Like I love that one conversation that you, that they have in Sparrow Hive, where he's just like, "Hey, I'm here." So on and so on. Just like that conversation, like it's. It's more really of good voice Odin. acting by the Odin voice actor, like really sells it. Right. Like he sells just the smarmy, smug, just it's that slimy ta- quality yes. of like where like you could kind of buy well, into we honestly associate with you. Loki from the portrayals of him throughout pop culture. We, we almost right. would attribute mm. that to how Odin is. Right. And it's like you almost buy into what he's saying. You kind of buy into it. You're like, he's gotta be lying. But there's like that one percent sliver of thought, like, that, but what if he's not? Used cars salesman effect, <laughs> right? <laughs> but what if he's not lying to me right now? What if he's actually telling me the truth about things? And like, you really get it a whole lot when he's with Atreus, like telling, talking with Atreus, and really like trying to get Atreus like, on his side. Like there was a point where I was like, I mean, I shouldn't trust you, but I kind of do right now, and I don't like, like damn, that I do. <laughs> like maybe, maybe this. Nissan Sentra from 04 actually is basically a brand new car because it's only got 100,000 miles on it. Maybe those 100,000 miles ain't that bad, actually. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, we can get 200,000. Who knows? I can afford 250 a month. Like, what? no. And then someone pulls right you out. You're like, oh, oh, thank God. Thank you. I only make 15 an hour, but I can do this. You're saying, like, I can do it. Why not? Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Uh, Odin, Odin was great. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I I I also forgot really quickly, Heimdall. Heimdall. Oh my god! Like I hated I him with a passion. <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those things where you're like, I do actually appreciate just how slimy they made this guy, but also yes. like, I can't even like, I don't want to actually give it any credence. You're just like, just fuck that guy, a hundred percent. You're like, <laughs> oh, no, like we're totally, not totally, totally like, uh, like from the moment you meet him, I'm just like. I'm like, I'm like Even, oh, who is this? And then he's just like being such an asshole. Like, and it makes sense why he is too, given his power, but right. also like, <laughs> yeah, you, there's just no like, part where you're like, yeah, I want him to survive. Like, God. Like, God, when he came with us to um, Helheim, right? When he came to Helheim and then he's like, all right, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna, I have my own mission. Don't mess there's, this up. And then he messes, like, everything goes to shit and stuff. And then he comes back, he's like, oh, well, of course this would happen. I can't wait for the Allfather to find out. I Oh, God, <laughs> screw you. He's 100% some deranged weirdos out there, favorite <laughs> character. And I, I just want you to know I hate you. And, you <laughs> and I don't know, like, I don't know why you are the way you are. But just, no, f- fuck that like, guy. Like, it was so good to kill him. It was so like I of course I didn't want Kratos to do it because I didn't want Kratos's character like to revert back to start you know that fall back to how he was and I'm happy he didn't like after he was like I did what I had to do I'm not a monster though and you know became better so on and so forth but like 
God, was it satisfying to like pummel this man to death. And like when you throw the spear into his shoulder and then he's stuck there and like your Kratos is like, hey man, I'm giving you an out here to live. Like, don't make me do this. And then he's like, you're not going to show me mercy. And then he was like, all right, fucking blows off his arm. And it's like, that's what you get. Arguably the most annoying boss fight too. Like, I would say most of them felt pretty easy. Like, I would say the side bosses are harder for my for my overall money. But, like, yeah, it, the way they wanted you to, like, specifically interact with Heimdall was, like, probably one of the more annoying ones, in my opinion. It was a bit. I caught on real quick, though, that I had to, you had to throw a spear at the ground and then blow it up as he came closer to you. Yeah, I like, I caught on, but it was, like, one of those things where I was just getting impatient. And so like, yeah, then it, and it made you start from such a further point back originally. And then the mm. later half, it, the latter half of the fight is a little bit easier. Um, yeah. But just like, just kind of an, just the same way he's annoying and gets under your skin. That's how I felt about the boss fight. Yeah. What'd you think of the spear, by the way? Cause I, I, I enjoyed not, the spear. Yeah. yeah it's we, not we, my favorite weapon, but the more I've used it, the more I actually come to like it. I really dug it. I'm not going to lie. Power rankings, it would be two behind the axe. The axe, it just rules. The axe is so, the axe is goaded for sure. But the spear was a close two. I was surprised how much I love that damn spear. I was like, another weapon, blah, blah, blah. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's dope. It's a cool weapon and everything. I think I'm just so used to using the axe and the blades that I forget about the spear sometimes. And no. then I'm like, oh, but yeah, let me use a spear as well. And it's like, toss, 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 bang, bang, I did not bang. like using the chains in this, like, game. Like, it, they just didn't feel fun to me. They never felt like, they never had that tactile feel that I guess I got from the uh, the axe and the spear. Just, like, where it felt satisfying. It felt like, like, every hit counted, and I felt it, and it felt good. And it was just, like... Yes, like I'm getting rewarded for like buying into this combat system. I just never felt that with the chains. It just always felt like it reverted back to what God of War used to be, which is very just like hack and slash. It's all kind of button mashy. Um, whereas like I just never felt that way with the axe and the spear. Interesting. My, the, my, the spear became my cousin's favorite weapon. He said that he loved it more than the axe and the blades, which I'm like, that's a bold claim right there. <laughs> that's real bold. Listen, man, I was almost there. Like, I don't know. Maybe wow. if I ended up platinuming the game, that would be how I feel. It feels good. It's like that in that... Because, like, I don't do a lot of with the axe. I didn't do a lot of the, like, spin moves and stuff because to me is like, a little disorienting when I'm running around trying to trigger those, those like, uh long distance those ranged options whereas like the spear is so instant or so like it's just so smart the way it's it's set up to where you just you know you hit them they stay there for you and then the second you hit that button it just like explodes on impact i think it's just such a smart way to do the ranged options while also being very viable for close range um and yeah. also one of the easier weapons for me to parry with like for whatever reason i felt like the animation like i would just Maybe it's the way my eyes are interpreting the screen or whatever, but like I would be more off parrying whenever I'm using a different weapon. Like the the blades, no chance. I'm not parrying shit whenever <laughs> I'm using those blades. The the axe was 50-50. And I feel like I was hitting like 70% accuracy on like when I wanted to parry versus actually parrying when I was using that spear. Yeah. Like I the actually... animations just felt more clear the way my vision was interpreting it, you know. 
Yeah, I actually had a tougher time parrying in this game than I ever did in 2018. I was like, yeah, you know what? I I'm never parried in 2018 and never asked me to, really. This game, there's moments where I was like, oh, so you're forcing me to learn how to parry. And I was like, fine. It's that <laughs> theme from Bob's Burgers where he's just like, fine, but I'm going to bitch the whole time. <laughs> that was me learning to parry. Yeah, I was like, I used the Dauntless Shield, which is good for, which is like better for parrying for a good chunk of the beginning. I of the think game, I but, used that one too. Yeah, but then after a bit, I was like, all right, my parry skills is like way off from 2018. I switched to the stone wall so I could do my just focus on blocking and go from there. If I needed to, you know, parry, I'll parry. And then once I got the the um the face shield back, I was like, all right, now we can do either one if I want to. Um, which that was another thing we didn't even touch on, but I thought it was awesome. We got to see Faye. We had those dream sequences with her and everything, which also helped inform Kratos' decisions and everything, especially that final one to be like. I will be a general. I will open my yeah. heart to this world and open my heart to um, everyone and be the person that they need to be in order to live. Because if, if I just don't, then like I'm not I, gonna be able to live with myself, and I'm, I will die. And I, don't I think it was Faye that said that line about love that I it's like slipping my mind. But yeah, that I thought Faye was a really interesting character. Uh, definitely, definitely interesting to see her and Kratos like you know, uh, just overall their interactions and whatnot. Um, definitely like the, the moment where you're like, I don't know, you were expecting something different, right? Like I didn't expect how to... she looked. Yeah. It was like the opposite of Sif where I was like, God damn versus like, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Kratos no. went from like what he was doing in Greece to the opposite. He got very, un... <laughs> it kept with the theme of the, of, you know, Norse. It's like, this is unhorny for sure. <laughs> No, I I thought she I thought like it was I don't know what I would expected from like from Faye's appearance. Maybe I maybe I think I may have, might have expected like her to have brown hair as opposed to like the more. Of, like, I definitely dirty expected type of brown hair. I wasn't expecting her to be a redhead. Yeah, but like especially I still... with like the whole Horizon thing, right? Like a lot of bows. Sony <laughs> first part. I'm not saying obviously that she's Aloy, but like if you were like this is Aloy's aunt, you'd be like, I buy it. <laughs> But no, yeah, I I enjoyed her, and I this would be this would be a nice segue into like just like our favorite any of our favorite moments from the game, and one of them for me was the last that like the last night before Ragnarok begins, where Kratos good, he goes good moment right he goes to go to sleep, and then Trace is like actually I want to sleep in here with you can I can I do that please dad, and he goes to sleep and he's like tell me a story please, and Kratos is telling the story of essentially how this man is accepting death. He's accepting that he's going to die and he, he's ready to die. And then Kratos has the dream. And like, as he's saying the story, like he's clearly getting choked up because like he's basically, at first I thought he was just telling a story about himself. I didn't realize, oh, it was an actual story that he just related to. Um, but he's basically choking up like, he's ready to, he's accepting that he might die and he's ready to die at Ragnarok the next day. And you have the dream that night with Faye. And I think this is when she says the line about love. I don't remember specifically what it was, but at the end of the dream, she basically says to him, like, open your heart and like, allow yourself to, you know, it's to love like, this I think... world and to love these people and love, love the world itself. Like, don't close yourself off from it. Open yourself up to it, essentially. I, and... Maybe it's pain is love persisting. Or grief is love persisting, something like that. It's like good. You sure you're, it's not, like, you sure you're not taking the line? You sure you're not taking the line from Wandavision? What is love? What is grief if not love persevering? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's in that vein. But I felt like it's le like done better. less corny, what better, 
and also phase delivery is just killer on it too yeah um, yeah uh yeah i like i liked a lot of the small moments just it's interesting because it's this dynamic of a bombastic sequel in a, in a lot of ways that's so pacing wise all gas no breaks but it's like the small moments are what really made it for me mm-hmm. and it's interesting i was thinking about this like i like it's a great game i love it but I haven't thought about it for like the last three weeks and maybe it's because of that cumulative effect of like all the, all of that, like all that, you know, all killer, no filler, just like really um, nonstopness of it, that it's not going to persist for me in a way that I constantly think about it, not taking away from it as a game, but ultimately I think for me anyways, how I like your favorite games ever, whether or not they're, you know, quote unquote, perfect tens or whatever are always the ones that last beyond time you know what i mean it's just like i think about breath of the wild randomly on a tuesday and i'm just like man you know like that's it's that joy it's that really that uh what that dopamine just like hitting your brain and like you're always going to hold on to that it's really the never-ending nostalgia that people have for stuff when they're younger but like a lot i don't have it as much for games that i played as a kid other than a few like i actually have that more as an adult like, damn, wish I could replay that for the first time. Like, that's how great that it it lingers in my memory. And as great as this is, part of me wonders if my brain is just going to file it away as, like, another really good video game that I'm not, that is not on my mind, like, constantly. Yeah, and you see, I think that's, I'm kind of sim- somewhat similar in thought with you on this. Um, and it's funny, as I was writing the review and thinking about this, I kind of thought about what you said in our Game, predict- game Award Predictions episode about Elden Ring and God of War, about how Elden Ring will be a game that stands the test of time and so on and so forth. Whereas Ragnarok is a game that every people will love and everything, you will always love it and stuff. But I don't, you, you didn't say like would be forgotten about or whatnot, but would, would it like be as memorable or long lasting as Elden Ring is? Different reasons, of course, for both games. But I thought about that. And then I thought about, how I feel like Ragnarok for me personally is a better game than 2018, but I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite over 2018. I think between the two, I think 2018 is still my favorite because I, I just feel like it it hit me so much harder. And that could be because it was unexpected what yeah. that game was going to be. Whereas this one, you go in knowing, okay, it will be more of what 2018 did. Um with some new things and refinements and everything. And I feel like that might be why this one doesn't surpass 2018 as my favorite, although it is objectively a better game. Like in yeah. just about every single way it is. From carrot, from writing, story, gameplay, so on and so forth. It is just a, a top-notch game. And yeah. one of my favorite moments in it, like one of my favorite, like you said, the little things. It's like so many little things that like are some of like the best moments. And one of those it's so little that you could miss it if you're not paying attention, I think. But it's when you're doing one of Mimir's quests in Svartalheim. And uh, Mimir said something, and Kratos calls him brother. And I was like, yeah. you just called him brother? I was like, oh my God. Like, it just, a li- just one word, one word like that just said, spoke volumes to me, just about Kratos again, how he's developed how his relationship with Mimir, how he sees Mimir and how he holds him up as like a brother, as a really important person in his life. I was just like, 
Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I just, it, it is the little moments. Cause like, I don't have one specific moment, but it was just like a lot of those. It was just a lot of those like little impactful things. Um, like, I don't know. It's it's funny because in theory, it should stick in my brain the way like, for example, Yakuza 0, that game lives rent free in my head. And it does. <laughs> one of my favorite things in media is when it balances insanity with like just insane highs with like weird lows, not like bad lows, but like just like the way it handles itself so seriously that it lends itself to the comedy. It lends itself kind of like the anti-Marvel, like the way they constantly throw in jokes and don't take things seriously. And it reaches a point of meta-ness where it's like nothing really matters. Jokes aren't as funny. Like things don't land with the same impact. Whereas like having this just absolute batshit, we're taking ourselves so seriously. And then also having like Kiryu and like all these ridiculous situations, it's like, it just balances itself itself out so perfectly. Whereas like that middle ground is like, what, like, are you taking a stance here? Like, what is, what is any of this? Um, and like God of War has that, I think, like, I think that line about olives is funny because of <laughs> everything going on in the surrounding areas, but ultimately I, I don't know, maybe it's also just like a triple A effect. Like when you break it down, Yakuza zero doesn't feel like it's not really a triple A game. It doesn't feel like a double A game. It feels like some weird indie that someone got to make as a passion project and out of love and breath of the wild is so bizarre because despite the pedigree, despite being Nintendo, it just feels like you gave someone the reins and said, like, make your dream Zelda game. And they went and they did it. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is the sequel to Ocarina, one of the most, you know, even though obviously I know it's not, but it felt like they were going in such a serious direction. And it's like all of this self-important stuff in so much of Zelda. And then Breath of the Wild was like, fuck it, we're doing our own thing now. And so it's like, maybe those type of games resonate with me, where as much as I love this, I love the nuance in it, it just feels like another big AAA video game at the end of the day. And Elden Ring has that thing where it's like, hey, what if we took everything we like about Souls game, but we made it even wilder? So I think there's some of that. And I think that could be why it stands the test of time. Yeah. Um, I, I Another just big moment of mine was when you're Kratos, when you're fighting the Valkyries in uh, mm -hmm. at the, I'm going to call it the center of the world in um, Muspelheim. And Kratos and Atreus, they both Spartan rage out at the same time. And then they just do their combo. Atreus is fighting as the bear. Uh, Kratos is just beating ass as well. And then like it ends and you just have that awesome like just awesome shot of the two of them standing back to back. Bear yeah. and father. I was just like let's go. Like get hype. Get hype right now. And same when Ragnarok is starting. Like he, uh, you know, they blow the Gallowhorn. And shout out to Bear, Bear McCreary. His score is amazing in this game. And just the way the music is, just the way the music hits in that moment, when you see all the realm doors in Tears Temple light up and open up, and the music is just swelling, and Kratos gave his speech, and he looks at everyone, he's like, ready yourselves, let's go. I was just like, let's go, let's go, get hype, get hype. Like, it was just big things like that, little things like Mimir's, um, Kratos calling him your brother. The reunion that um, Kratos and Atreus have at Hellhive, where they kind of like they, you know, they they basically apologize to each other. Like, I'm sorry for being the way I was. I'm sorry for being how I was. And then Atreus throwing the line back at his dad, where Atreus, Kratos is like Atreus, I'm sorry, and he's like, Don't be sorry, father. Be better. Just like, oh, you, my beating heart. Oh God. 
You're hitting me in the feels yeah. right here. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think like we both had those just probably at different moments because like all those, I was just like, yeah, those are fine. And then I'm like, but I had them at these. So it's just interesting. But it is, I think for both of us, it seems like pretty persistently the small things. Because like, I think my only get hype one that really stood out was the like, I'm not done with you yet. That one was sick because it was so <laughs> early. It left such an effect. And you were just like, okay, here we go. It's setting a tone for like who <laughs> Thor is. And it was just cool. Exactly. Um, yeah, that that is the like, one moment I always I keep thinking about ever since I beat the game, and even throughout the entire game, I kept thinking back like, that was cool as shit. Like that was just so, cool as shit. It's also just like, you know, when you when you kill someone, and then you're like, uh, it's such a baller line, but like <laughs> it doesn't land the same way if it doesn't feel earned. But like he he just beat Kratos' ass, killed him, and it was like. Yeah, not today, son. Like you're then, about, I'm going to revive his, you and kick exactly. your ass. Use his hammer to re, to restart his heart and said, "Get back here. I'm not done with you." <laughs> just like happy just like, "What? No way." Oh it's my not, god. It's not like out of the realm of possibility. You're like, "Of course something is insane and he's very powerful, but it's just it's like great line delivery and to the credit of the game director, like, yeah, you thinking you're dying and you're just like, oh, okay, no problem. Like, I'll what I do wrong? That's annoying or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I see what you did. And it's like, it's earned. It's earned. It's yeah. corny, but it's like, yeah, I'll give you that. That was ball. It's like, <laughs> clap it up, clap it up. Yeah. You deserve that moment right there. That yeah. was top notch. That's how you start off a game for sure right there. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I, I, I think we've... um. We've exhausted. That's that's a good rap for me. We've exhausted all. I mean, there's so much more I can say and go on about, but I feel like we we've talked a whole lot. We we've said a whole lot about the game. Um, overall, final thoughts, Tyler, on God of War Ragnarok. What where are your final thoughts on it? My final thoughts are, you like I love it. It's a nine and a half for me. Video games, but ultimately they're not a checklist in a product. It's it's the way we talked about the way it sits in your brain. So. I love it now. Will its legacy be something I think about forever? Maybe not, but that doesn't take away from the fact the damn good video game. It's worth your 70 bucks, you know, whatever 70 bucks is worth or whatever, you know, (laughs) that's all subjective, but I think it is objectively worth your 70 bucks. Um, Great job by everybody at Sony Santa Monica. And like I said, I don't think, I think we, because of our technical difficulties, we reset, but I was saying that I think a sequel's job has one, one ultimate job, which is to be better than the first game. To me, it did that. Like it, it did that uh, in spades. And so, congrats, Sony Santa Monica. You know, I'm not that it means much coming from me, but wonderful game. <laughs> uh, nine and a half out of ten for me. Um, almost perfect. I I understand their small gripes, but it's like, I I don't know. Was that the difference between a ten? Probably, yeah. Like there's, you probably could do a little bit of retweaking with the story and maybe it gets there but that's not some like big knock i realize it's a petty criticism and if anyone has it as a 10 no real no real qualms (laughs) you're not gonna pull up on them like they like you would if they said god of war 2018 is a 10 out of 10 and i also understand like the gameplay so grindy at atreus's sections i could understand if someone's like well it's an eight for me i get it from but that's the only to me that's the only real reason to give it an eight um because if someone's yeah. like, I just don't like the story. I'm like, what don't you like about it? Because I feel like <laughs> the one part I pointed out is the only one that's really dumb. Yeah, which I like. I don't agree, but I can understand why one might think that it is. Um, no, yeah. I my my final thoughts on it, like God of War, Ragnarok. It's 
it, to to use a word from our um review scale it's superb this game is amazing like start to finish this game is just it knocks out the park in basically every aspect story gameplay um visuals and by visual i don't even necessarily mean strictly graphics i mean like the way these worlds look the way like the characters look and everything it's just a stunning game like visually from an art perspective vanaheim blew me away just how just the way it looked and everything it's it's just an amazing game in all and those different aspects what were you gonna say i was just gonna say quick because like just while it's on the dome uh when you said that reminded me a lot of games like we talked pre-show about pokemon they have issues we all know them we all address them and the developer never does it just a quick hats off we all like everybody trolled sony santa monica for the enemy design thing and then they yes. just got rid of it. Like, that's nuts. Like, most studios don't do that. They're like, oh, yeah, the next game within four years, done. Like, we just, uh, like, a legit kind of criticism, but also justifiable why maybe you can't have a million different enemy designs. And they were, like, fixed. Right. Like, this, like all the that's different, enemy, like, the enemy variety in this game, I pointed out in my review. Like, it's so many different enemies, and they each require you to, like, fight different ways so it changes up the dynamic of different fights yeah like there's same different the, patterns and right same and not just like regular enemies but like the boss fights too like even there's like so many different boss encounters that you have and everything it's not just trolls and ancients that you're fighting over and over again like it's it, it's all done to such another level it's such another degree that like i can completely understand why people say this game is a masterpiece because it is in so many ways uh but again, for me, the gameplay for those Atreus sections is enough to like drag it down from like a masterpiece to me because I feel like Atreus's gameplay just it it's good, and but it's just it's not anywhere near as fun or enjoyable as Kratos's gameplay was. Uh, but even then, like it's it's for, it's hard for me because I keep I keep thinking I'm like. Well, is that really like a minor thing for me <laughs> compared to everything else the game does so well? And like it is a minor thing, but it's no it's a no it's a notable enough minor thing for me where it's like it's not like yeah, the, I, it's not completely flawless. I think there's this there's a difference between splitting hairs where you're like like did you just kind of shrug and move on? Maybe that's not worth worth uh like not docking it. But like for me, like with my story point. Like, guys, I legit had to pause the game and be like, all right, what the <laughs> fuck was the justification for this? Like, uh, what did we just watch? It was like that kind of annoyance. I think if you have that kind of gripe, it's fair to be like, just we'll take it down just a small peg. Uh, yeah. Like, versus like, are you, was it so little that you're just like, eh, and you move on? Maybe don't knock it down for that. You know what I mean? So it's like all yeah. think about your actual reaction to how you, how you react to the thing. So, yeah. Overall, though, solid, really amazing game, superb game. Uh, it's it's one of the best games I've ever played, for sure. Like I, I think the, I could confidently say that the best of the spoiler cast trio I've been a part of. Definitely yes. better than Cyberpunk. Definitely better than Halo Infinite, though I stand by Halo Infinite really good. Oh, I, I believe it's a really great game too. I, I, I just feel like the online multiplayer being disappointing to everyone has like tainted the conversation. That I'm like, I think we all need to remember campaign really good it was it was really good not better than god of war ragnarok though <laughs> oh, oh no definitely not definitely not no, no way no way in hell was that ever gonna happen <laughs> uh tyler 
thank you so much for joining me on this episode. This was a fun one. I'm happy we had this conversation. I've been wanting to talk about this game in depth in all these different ways for a while now. So I'm happy we were able to do it at long last. Uh, yeah, this one's all isolated, not about anything else. And then next week, we got Game Awards. Topics going to be flying off the shelf, all these different games. What won? Also, what crazy thing got announced? So it'll be fun. Good contrast. Yep. It, it's, it's crazy. We're getting a hype about different things here. Oh, man. A lot of great um, stuff coming away in the near future. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening. Um, head to the site, playwithgamesatwordpress.com. It's a home for all of our content. You can read my written review for God of War Ragnarok over there if you would like to. If you want to watch it, check it out on YouTube. Again, I have not put the video together yet. I'm going to work on that as soon as we are done recording here. Well, actually, after I eat breakfast, because I didn't even do that yet today. Um I overslept, so I didn't have time to do it. Um, but I'm gonna work on that today. I'm expecting that video review is gonna be like 16-ish minutes. It's a long review. It's a long one, okay? Uh, like 3,000 words or so. It's a long one, um, but it should be a good one. So go ahead, check that out. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Play to Win Game. You can follow us there for updates on the show. You'll know if you follow us over there when the video and the reviews go live because I'm gonna say when it goes live over there. And if you subscribe on YouTube with the notification bell on, you'll know as soon as the video is up. So you can be one of the first people to watch it. Be right there. First one in the door. Don't even have to worry about the bouncer. That is the YouTube algorithm. Although you still might have to worry about them. Um, of course, subscribe on podcast services as well. Five-star review. It's very much appreciated. Comment down below. Let us know your thoughts on God of War of Ragnarok. Let us know what your favorite moments were. Did you? Do you think it's a 10 out of 10 masterpiece? Did you have some of the same issues with that we did? Were you as horny for this game as some of the characters were? Do you believe, like Tyler says, that like this is like the horniest that it's been in the Norse saga? Yeah, like let me... Okay, first of all, everyone just let me know that obviously Atreus... Atreus was about it. Just like clear up that for us. <laughs> if anything, we want to use our comment section to clear up small small disagreements there. Let us know if you thought, you know, Atreus was about it. I thought... That's as horny as as the Norse are getting because they're not Greeks level. Greek is like hedonism, and <laughs> in the North, they're like it's cold. Okay, we're cold. We're not as horny. <laughs> it's cold. We know we need to get together for body heat every now and then. You know. Yeah. But, but when we do that on occasion, we're like, like you, you can have a little something? horny as a treat. <laughs> as a treat, you did good on the hunt today. You may have <laughs> one. You get one crumb of horny today. <laughs> Yeah, let um, us know. Set, settle the debate. Yes. Leave the like, comments, uh, five-star review, all that stuff. Tyler, where can people find you? All right, good game we lost on TikTok, uh, Instagram, and YouTube. I'll probably start posting a reels. I hear people, like, now everyone's like, oh, I'm getting all this engagement. And I'm just like, oh, here we go again, I guess. I guess <laughs> I'll, I'll start throwing them back on. But um, Pull me back I, in. <laughs> I've had a content drought a little bit, but I'm trying to persevere through just, like, my slump. So I'll, I'll try and put out something about some, some stuff. Once I usually get one, get the ball rolling, it keeps coming. So check it out if you want there. Um, it's it's less unhinged than this though. I'm never I'm never like I'm definitely fully unhinged on the pod. <laughs> and I I love how unhinged you can get. It, it's <laughs> awesome. Like you know like sometimes you're like you know we're we're focused in we're dialed in we don't get unhinged. 
but the days where we do get unhinged it's, it's fun like, yeah it's just like okay this is the chaotic energy that we're bringing today cool i like to think of myself the way like greg has those moments where you're like it's a bit but also this is genuinely how he is but also it's a bit like that's 100 percent me like it's a character but also like these are my inner thoughts <laughs> like 100 percent right, right. <laughs> Oh man, you're you're fun, Tyler. It's fun having yeah, you. Yeah, it's been fun, man. It's been a fun time on the pod. <clears throat> yes. Uh, you can follow me over on Twitter at Tyler Miller two four nine six. Uh, you know I tweet about games and anime and stuff like that. Um, I'm also gonna say, follow me on Hive. You know, there's been a bit of a backup. Bay. Hey, we're going to Hive as a backup plan in case Twitter goes down the shitter. Um. Hive, my Hive is the exact same as my Twitter, TylerMillin2496. So feel free to follow me over there um, as soon as Hive, you know, is uh, works out any security issues that they had going on because they took the servers down for a couple days this week just to work on back-end things. But yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you all so very much for watching and for listening. Thank you, Tyler, for an awesome, really fun discussion. And we will talk with you all next time. Yep. Have a great one. Actually.